the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So something very instructive has happened that I think proves my point that the city's Civilian Police Oversight Review Board is a fool's errand. Uh, I have talked about the Oversight Review Board many times before. I have many issues with it, uh, chief among them being that if I'm going to be held accountable for how I do my job, I would like to be held accountable by someone who has either done my job or understands my job, right? You would want someone to hold you accountable if you were an architect, someone who understands the nuances of architecture. If you were a doctor, you would want a judge who might be sitting in on your malpractice lawsuit to be someone who's versed, at least somewhat, in previous malpractice claims. Similarly, I think it's very unfair to Columbus's finest to be held accountable by a bunch of civilians who've never done police work, probably never ridden in a cruiser, never interrogated a suspect, certainly never had a gun pulled on them or had to navigate the ticklish, dangerous situation of a suspect becoming angry in the midst of an arrest. Yet these are the people who sit in judgment of our city's police. Now, we would at least hope, right? We would at least hope that the members of the Civilian Oversight Review Board would be fair-minded, would be open-minded, would be willing to listen to all the facts before they make up their mind, that they would not enter into a situation where they're going to pass judgment on a police officer's behavior, training, walking out their job, you would not want the people to come to the table in that believing that all cops are racist, all cops are mean, the citizens are always right, there's never a reason why any kind of police-citizen interaction should ever go bad. You would not want them to come to that table with that sort of preconceived notion. Well, now let me tell you what has happened. Aaron Thomas, who has been on the Columbus Civilian Police Oversight Review Board since April of 2021, when it formed, uh, resigned from the review board on August the 31st. Now, why did Mr. Thomas resign from the review board? Well, August the 31st was the day after Columbus police were serving a warrant at the home of Donovan Lewis. Mr. Lewis did not answer the door after eight to ten minutes of loud banging and yelling about Columbus police, open the door, we have a warrant for your arrest. He didn't come out. The police went into his apartment with a canine officer, a German shepherd, 
barking loudly outside his bedroom door. He also did not come out when they were doing that. The warrant was for domestic violence, assault, and felony mishandling of a, keyword, firearm. So you go in, you got the warrant, you see these are the charges. Ah, firearm, guy could be armed. He doesn't come out. He doesn't listen. He doesn't interact. And the tension level understandably goes up. Doors pushed open. Mr. Lewis gets up out of bed. He's got something in his right hand. Officer fires one shot. Mr. Lewis is very unfortunately and tragically hit, and he dies. In his hand was not a weapon, but the room was dark. In his hand was a vape pen. I don't vape, so I don't know, but I... I got to think it's unusual that you're vaping in bed. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it's not unusual. I would think it would be. You don't smoke in bed, but I guess vaping doesn't involve. I don't know. Anyway, he had a vape pen. Okay. So back to Aaron Thomas, the guy on the Police Civilian Oversight Review Board. He resigned the next day. And here's the quote from Aaron Thomas to NBC4. I resigned immediately following the shooting of Mr. Donovan Lewis. I no longer feel hopeful in the work of the board to bring forth a change in our community that keeps our fellow citizens alive. Now, have they heard this case? Has this case been decided? Has it gone before the review board? No, it has not. So his resignation shows that he's so bothered by the fact that, and we're all bothered by the fact, that a citizen was killed during an interaction with Columbus police, but he hasn't heard the facts of the case yet. And that's not the worst part of it. The day Lewis was killed, Thomas tweeted LOL in response to a tweet that asked, what happened to all the racism committees from the summer of 2020? Where are the measurables? What progress has been made? Thomas tweeted LOL. Now, LOL is, of course, short for laughing out loud. In other words, this conveys an attitude of incredulity that the question would even be asked, what's happened to all the committees that were instituted to eradicate racism? As if Mr. Thomas is saying, he's he's saying it's a joke. The whole process is a joke. The Citizen Review Board is a joke. And the fact that they were going to, quote unquote, get police under control, they were going to hold police accountable, It's all a joke to Mr. Thomas. Why is it a joke? Because a citizen was fatally shot by a police officer. So Mr. Thomas is indicating that this is a joke. There's no way this is going to change. Nothing has changed. There have been no improvements. The LOL tweet is a reflection, a clear reflection, that Mr. Thomas believes that because Donovan Lewis was shot, the police could not possibly be justified in shooting him. Could not possibly be justified. That's why he's sarcastically tweeting LOL. So what does that tell us? What does that tell us about Mr. Thomas's mindset and about the mindset that exists on the Civilian Police Oversight Review Board? Are they open-minded? Is Mr. Thomas open-minded? No, he's not open-minded. He's made up his mind. To him, it is a joke that a police officer could even be considered 
to be justified in firing his weapon at a suspect, no matter what the suspect does, because suspect ends up shot, suspect ends up dead. Cops got to be wrong. Cops got to be wrong. LOL. <laughs> you want us to stop it? Accountability. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Big joke. Big joke to Aaron Thomas. And I think it's reasonable to assume that if Aaron Thomas is on the police civilian oversight review board, it is a joke to the other members of that review board, which shows you that they went into this endeavor, and I've said this from day one, they went into this endeavor not open-minded, not willing to listen, but there with a preconceived notion that police are always wrong when they fire a weapon or when they interact in a physical way with a suspect or with a community member, that the cops are always wrong in those situations. Now, if you're a police officer, how do you possibly exist in that situation? Knowing that at the top level, and this is the top level because the Police Civilian Oversight Review Board has more authority, more authority in the disciplinary process than the inspector general who actually did serve as a police officer in, of course, Detroit, because that's the only place we can get highly paid police officials is from Detroit. Our chief is from Detroit. Our assistant chief is from Detroit. Our inspector general is from Detroit. Detroit police do such a phenomenal job that we have to get all of our top police leadership from Detroit. And coincidentally, they all have to be black women. But the Police Civilian Oversight Review Board has more authority than the Inspector General. So if you're a cop, are you confident that your Police Civilian Oversight Review Board is going to be open-minded? We shouldn't be, because Aaron Thomas' actions, his tweet, his resignation, he doesn't want to be involved in what he considers to be a fool's errand, a waste of his time. So he's quitting. He's quitting. Bye-bye, 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 bye-bye. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. Aaron Thomas' resignation means that that leaves a spot open on the review board, which I'm sure I'm sure they're out now looking for a pro-police conservative to fill that spot, to bring a little balance to the committee. I'm optimistic, aren't you? So early this morning... Police responded to a chaotic scene outside a strip club on the northeast side of the city near Carl Road. Carl Courts was got to be off Carl Road. Uh, 2.40 a.m., argument outside, large fistfight. One of the individuals in the fistfight, of course, pulls out a gun, starts shooting. You had five people hit, nobody killed. Lucky, very, very, very lucky. But the violence in Columbus continues and we are down police officers they are down police officers everywhere i heard today new orleans is down a thousand police officers a thousand uh new orleans is my least favorite city in the united states it uh, stinks of vomit and alcohol and i almost got mugged there once i hated going there for my job went there about six seven eight times (laughs) never had a good time there don't know how you could possibly have a good time there. The only thing good to come out of New Orleans is uh, Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana is occasionally prompted to talk 
about New Orleans. He was on <laughs> Jesse Waters last night. John Kennedy is my personal favorite. I don't think the guy's ever issued a bad quote. Here's John Kennedy talking about crime in New Orleans and what he would do if he were uh, a citizen there every day trying to deal with it. If we want to get control of this crime problem that we have, we're going to have to do a couple of things. Number one, we're going to have to hire more cops. New Orleans, in my state, needs 2,000 cops on the street. We've got less than 1,000. Number two, we're going to have to pay our cops. You're not going to get cops to work in this woke environment without paying them. Number three, our and this might be the most important, our political leaders need to stand behind our cops. Listen up, Andy. Um, law enforcement cops have about 60 million encounters every year with the American people. Do some of them go bad? Sure. Are there cases of, of police brutality? A handful, and they're almost always prosecuted. The truth is that most cops will leave you alone unless you do illegal stuff. And our political leadership has got to stand behind them. Um, number four, we, we've got to get rid of these prosecutors who, whose mantra is see no evil, hear no evil, prosecute no evil. And, and number five, I would tell people, um, if you care to, uh, avail yourself of your privileges under the Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. Now, I've said this before, and I mean it. I, I, I believe love is the answer. I do. But I also own a handgun just in case. <laughs> John Kennedy is a treasure. What a great line. He's a treasure, <laughs> man, this dude. Uh, but law enforcement, it's interesting when I look at the polls. America's not falling for the outright lie. That's what it is. That Democrats didn't want to defund police. Oh, we don't want to defund police. Tim Ryan, your Senate candidate. Cops are racist. It's his voice. It's his video. Joe Biden wanted to defund police. Cops are racist. Cori Bush, AOC, on and on and on and on and on. So that's why I don't believe any Democrat when they talk about, oh, we support the police. Sure we do. I didn't even know there was a candidate Facing, I mean, I know cognitively I know there's a candidate facing off against Dave Yost, the incumbent Republican attorney general. It's got to be because every statewide office is up for re-election. I didn't know who it was, which is good because if I knew who it was, then he might be a threat. But it appears to me that uh, Representative Jeff Crossman of Parma, who's the Democratic nominee for attorney general, is no threat to unseat Dave Yost. Of course, Jeff Crossman says, oh, yeah, I'm a big law and order guy. Sure, 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 sure I am. Uh, but Dave Yost gets it. He says, we need to have leadership that understands police safety and allows the police to do their job. Okay, that's not the Columbus Oversight Review Board. That's definitely not the mayor of Columbus, Andrew Ginther. So Yost and Crossman had a debate recently. And Crossman, what do you think Crossman's trying to make the attorney general's job about? He's a Democrat. What do you think he's trying to make it about? Ding, 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 abortion. This year is going to be a lot about abortion, Crossman said. I think it would be helpful to have an attorney general, listen closely to this, who's actually going to follow the process and make sure the issue gets on the ballot. Well, this shows me that Jeff Crossman knows zero about how things become law. Does Dave Yost or any attorney general in the history of Ohio decide what gets on the ballot? No. 
Who decides what gets on the ballot? Well, that would be your elected representative to the Ohio Senate and the Ohio House, not the attorney general. So I would think that a condition of being elected attorney general, Jeff Crossman, Democrat of Parma, would be that you actually know, since you're the chief law enforcement officer in the state of Ohio, that you actually know how laws become laws. That you don't get to sit in your office and write proposed legislation and just put it on the ballot. That's not part of your job. <laughs> just the astounding detachment from reality. And here's another thing Crossman said uh, to his point about abortion. He said, if Kansas is a pro-choice state, Ohio certainly is. Are we just like Kansas in all things? Like, I've been to Kansas many times. I would not confuse Kansas and Ohio. I like Kansas. Too windy for my taste. Too flat for my taste. But I don't think Kansas and Ohio are in lockstep. They're like a thousand miles apart. Crossman says, I think a majority of people in Ohio believe that abortion needs to be legal so women can get the health care they need. Well, definitely not women in the womb. You pull them apart with a pair of forceps. That's not the kind of health care that little baby girls need, Mr. Crossman. They would like to emerge from the womb intact. They would like to not be chemically fried to death by the ghouls at Planned Parenthood. And, of course, they're trying to get Dave Yost for doubting the story of the 10-year-old who, I love how they always phrase it, had to go to Indiana to get an abortion. Oh, man. Had to drive a whole, what, hour and a half to get to Indiana? Literally. If you're in the state of Ohio, let's say the heartbeat bill was legit and being upheld, not interrupted by some woke judge in Cincinnati. If you're able to find anybody with a car to take you to a state where you can get an abortion, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Indiana, what's the longest you would have to ride in a car from the state of Ohio to get to a place where you could have an abortion? Two hours tops, right? Two hours tops. And the time it would take you to watch a movie. On Netflix, you could be someplace where you could get an abortion. So don't tell me that women in Ohio don't have access to abortions. This Crossman guy, he sounds like a real piece of work. A real piece of work. Of course he's against Dave Yost joining the lawsuit that would fight back on behalf of women and preserve the authenticity of Title IX. He says he would dismiss that lawsuit. I think it's a disgusting and despicable waste of Ohio tax dollars. Mm, Well, what would be a waste is if all the protections that were put into place by Title IX 50 years ago went away because we were trying to give protected status to men who contend they are women. Because if you have men playing women's sports, guess what? You won't have women's sports very long. And women will not feel safe in locker rooms or showers if men are there. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.